Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that you're breaking every negative chain mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. I really saw that there is release, that there is a battle, even for those who have uh, suffered some where their employment is concerned and the Congress is debating how much they want to give to people, all, of, all different kind of things. I'm, I am looking to the Lord for my provision. And He is your source. He is Jehovah Jireh. Remember the premier example of Jehovah Jireh that Abraham is instructed to take uh, his son Isaac onto the mountain. God, there is a test. God is testing him whether he's willing to even sacrifice the most precious thing. And he was willing, if it God needed that, for his son Isaac to be the sacrifice. But as he's questioned on that, on the mountain gate, Abraham himself says, God will provide. He's Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Say, the Lord will provide. And it's a faith statement. It's very powerful because the presence of God is backing that statement. And in the midst of this, therefore, I am praying for you, for your members of your family who's, who need provision, who need a job, who need promotion. And we pray financially that you are covered as you're covered by the blood of Jesus for your health and the members of your family. It is beautiful when we see the condition of Rahab, uh, who we come to know as one of the ones who gave shelter to the spies. And when the people of God come, they are released to come into the promises of God. Rahab, they said, it's time to go. Every member of her family was included in the promise of rescue and help because of the blood covenant. So she hung out that scarlet thread as a symbol. This house is covered by the promises of the covenant God made with his people. And so Rahab, the accuser, could have said, well, you are not part of the community, but they promised that when they came, I would get rescued, me and my family. And sure enough, they were rescued. So the Word of God is again and again and again promises that He is going to bless His people. We find that when the Ark of the Covenant is brought and King David is part of the committee of people who meets the Ark and the blessing of the Ark brings to Israel. And he says, uh, not only is he going to there to, for receiving the blessing, but then I'm going to go home to release that blessing. So as you have come to church, may you are covered and blessed by the covenants of God. And may you release it if you get a chance to, whether it's some waitress waiting on you or whether it's a neighbor that's been attacked. Be sure to be anointed that God will open doors. And even 
this morning receive as we come together, worship God as a community together of faith. We release the blessings for everyone who needs it. And among the things we felt like that the Lord wanted to affirm in the midst of uh, national struggle even that as this virus has tried to turn over where we were just really being blessed. We, before this COVID challenge came about, this, this economy was being restored like never before. It was amazing how God had activated and God's people had prayed and we were moving towards great restoration. But you see that it really part of the instruction for us. We continue to learn. That is the example of the apostles. We find as we look at their lives that ongoing they are learning. Moses as he leads the people he, in the book of Exodus, we, he is learning and God is the teacher and telling him this is the way to go. How as they were being attacked by different situations and challenges that there would be at night a cloud of glory covering them supernaturally. And in the daytime, there would be just the presence of the Holy Spirit, the cloud of glory also that could see. So God is with us. And where the enemy has tried to attack us, when the enemy comes like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. This is the Word of God. So it's important, as you recalled it, to quote this out loud and say, the blood I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. All the promises of God are yea and amen. My provision is there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack for nothing. Some of these, this word of God has power. It's got the energy of the Shekinah, the presence of God. So in that context then, we have, it's not just some kind of duty we do, but there's something living that we, even today, we quoted and spoke out loud the blessings of the Apostles' Creed. And here's, I want to repeat it again. I said, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived with the Holy Spirit and goes on. So, but we determined to look at it a little bit closer, so we over the next two, three weeks, we may continue to hover over the Apostles' Creed. It is important because the Apostles' Creed expresses the essence of what the Apostles believed and taught to the disciples. Almost 2,000 years ago, these are some of the great truths, and they had to live by personal experienced generations of church leaders and churches, and they found that in different, in every different time frames, in different uh, periods, in this time, the, there would, like for example, there would be uh, always be certain people that would try to do their own thing. There were heretics or they misinterpreted some of the teachings. So, for example, 
there will be whole groups that one time came around saying, yeah, everything is okay, but if, we, if it's okay, we won't say this about Jesus. It's not, he was not born of a virgin. We, that does not happen. And so their faith was not there. And so they would, they're, they're part of, say, so we'll take away this as part of the priesthood. This, and they learn over the years, uh-uh, these are the important truths that make you strong in the Lord, that stay with you, these living truths, for the rest of your life. You know that you know that you know. And the Word of God is there affirming it. Somehow, I think it was a real grace gift that from the day that I believed in Jesus, it was very supernatural that the Lord knocked me unconscious and took me to heaven and I saw some of these realities in front of my eyes. And when I got up, it was like I was out of a coma, but I had been there in heaven and experienced literally some of the Shekinah. But whatever, all those things came together. Even in the initial times of my walk in faith, I knew that I knew that I knew that these are truths. These are living truths I could live by. And I started seeing, yes, they had destined for me to be in the ministry, but from the initial days, I saw tremendous deliverance and healings. And I never thought, I thought I would kind of teach for some years and this would manifest, but it was from the initial days that there were healings, there were deliverances, and there were manifestations to show that the person, that we would have many people who are, uh, would be oppressed with drug addiction. And often, that was one of the ones that when they got up from, for example, being slain in the spirit, that worked. I mean, there was total deliverance. And I would get to ch- check on them 14, 15 years later, I would be happen, happen to be in that area, and they would come specially to say, since that day, I was never tormented by addiction. I was free from this. And some, one was smoking cigarettes. There was somebody, to, for him, uh, cigarettes was just, he could not live without cigarettes. Good men, but cigarettes, he just had to have a cigarette every few, you know, every few hours. And he was totally delivered. And again and again, we see this. So it's, these are truths. We affirm them, but they are powerful truths. They are effective truths. It is not just some kind of shadow and we talk about it. It is for real. And I can testify some of those things I've seen with my own eyes. And so here are the apostles. And they believe that these are the truths. That the apostles, I mean, they testified. These are the truths. When they, they were around Jesus, these are some of the great truths. And we affirm that we saw them and that the, this is what we saw, this is what we believe, and this is what we are teaching. So, for example, we begin at the Apostles' Creed by saying this is what we believe that we have, I believe, starting number one, 
I believe in God, the Father Almighty. So we, this is a uniquely Father, God. So you have a heavenly Father, but He is unique in that we all have fathers. Thank God that, and those who had a chance to be, as you grew up, a father was there as well as a mother. You are blessed. For me, for example, my father passed away when I was just five years old. So, but I, I had spiritual fathers. So that's one of the things. If your father was uh, also captured by addiction or so something, he was an unbeliever. It, it doesn't matter because we have spiritual fathers also. For me, I had some great spiritual fathers and, and that God revealed himself. He is the Father Almighty. We not only have, therefore, Heavenly Father, who is just the most awesome Father, but He is different in that He is Father Almighty. I believe in God, the Father Almighty. So He's not only powerful, He can do things. And we sang, He has done great things. Even this morning, we sang, our God, He's a Father who has done great things. And He's doing them today. And He'll be doing them tomorrow. And so the Word of God assures you the creed every day that we speak that it is not only just Father, but Father God, Father Almighty. And He is therefore not a general Father. We have a big up there, a shadow in the sky, and all. No, he is a personal father, father almighty. And so, he's not father generically, but a father who loves you, especially. What, what is your impression of God, if I ask you? Go to, the, go to the reference points in Apostles' Creed. That's one. We may examine other things, other scriptures. For example, we talked some about what the Katie, I believe you talked about the Psalm 91. Was it you or Cindy? I forget now. Yeah. But we could turn it around. Uh, that Psalm 91 was when we were facing COVID-19, for example, she said, she felt like God said, turn that 19 around and make it 91. And Psalm 91 is yours. It belongs to you. Take possession of it. So those are these are things given to us for generations. They have found them true. In seasons, even we have gone over the last two, th three years, I mean, last few years, something that they started with, and, and there was different er periods that persecution was nasty over the church, but they came out victorious and stronger than ever. For right now, for example, there are nations, some of them, like the nation of Pakistan, if you are a Christian, you really have to tread carefully in some sections. Not all, but may the Lord give grace and protection to the believing people in that nation. So the Lord, I have a know that, I'm, that you know. What do you believe? 
about the Lord. Here is what I believe. I have a Father Almighty. And He, our Father, cares for His children. And so I know that I know that I know that I'm loved. You have a Father God who loves you. And His name is protecting you. So I have a Father who has power. He is almighty. And He is involved in everything. My Father almighty, He knows you. He knows you. He knows you. He knows the people in Brazil. He knows the people in Singapore. He knows the people in Canada, the people in Russia. Uh, I've met a wonderful family in Seattle about a year and a half ago. And uh, they came especially to see. That, uh, he said, I know you are signing books. I want you to know, I, I left my book. I didn't know you were here. Uh, but I'm from Azerbaijan. And my family and I are refugees. But we have the translation of your book. I know you from when I was living in Azerbaijan. I said, I don't, I'm not even familiar with that language. But they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. So it, this word is applying to every person on earth that the Lord loves you personally and His grace is over you. So, anyone who has a need, we are encouraging people to reach out to Him. And there are certain times we've been praying, praying, but it does not turn out necessarily how you had been praying. So is God not involved? No. There is a scripture that really is, uh, that has been really encouraging and it says in Romans 8, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purposes. So all things. You may not have, the Lord has bigger things going than you know. And in His great plans that God has something else for that person. But all things, the Lord wants to let you know and comfort you and strengthen you. You may not see everything. Be assured that He is working all things together for good to those who love God. Say after me, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Amen. That's Romans 8, 28. All things work together. All parts work together. And uh, there have been a few times in the past I remember I would, um, I travel quite a bit with, and they said, I travel more with Brother Derek. The only person who traveled more was his wife, Ruth. And she thought our jokes were atrocious. 
<laughs> anyway, but she loved it. She, and behind the scenes, she, she, it's great. But we had a peculiar sense of humor. But I appreciate, you know, I had a, the honor of being one of the ones chosen to speak at Brother Derek's memorial service. But we really compared some of the aspects of theology and all things work together. Uh, and Lord is working in your life. The Father Almighty loves you and he's the maker of heaven and earth. That's the uniqueness, the, number, the first member of the Trinity mentioned in the Apostles' Creed. Your Father God loves you. You are a child of God. And he, he is, God is Father Almighty, your Father, personally as you have received Jesus and His atoning work, Jesus as your Savior, your wonderful leader, is your Messiah. So everything is not by chance. There are a lot of others who have kind of tried to delve in theology, but they, they can't handle the things maybe that God is doing that we can't figure it out. But all, all things work together for good for those who love him. And then it goes on. We, we see in the... As he says, we believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate. We, we look at the, those in the coming weeks. But right now, we see conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. So that, we talk about three persons the, in the the Trinity that we are examining in the Apostles' Creed. But surprise, surprise, surprise. There's a fourth one who receives major credit because she is and ends up being chosen by God to be the mother of Jesus Christ. And uh, we have a slightly different viewpoint than what the Catholics have. They venerate Mary and in many ways, we, we should never, ever denigrate because she is, she is an amazing, amazing young lady. And the whole of uh, Apostles' Creed would not be so if her, she's a little girl, I mean young girl, if I can say it, and at a particular time, she was chosen to live out part of the blessing and the plan that God had conceived for us all to be saved. And he was so, he was, it was Jesus Christ, but he was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Lord used the Virgin Mary. Uh, what we know about her, the very young age, the angel of the Lord comes to her and says, you are blessed. And uh, we'll go to the scripture. It says in Luke chapter 1, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God 
to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. So here it is. It's the specific historical event at a certain hour. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, that's an archangel, was sent by God. Sent by who? So it's the Father Almighty is involved. He is sending Gabriel to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, small village, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. So the Lord gives us the specific. Mary was involved. Well, she was betrothed to Joseph. But the virgin's name, it says, was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And just think, now, what would be your reaction to have a archangel come into your presence? I mean, I, I would faint, and probably two, three days later, I would recover. Because, I mean, it is amazing. This is right there, next to the Lord God Almighty. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. Highly favored, why? Because she had been chosen. There were, have been many, many wonderful lady leaders, whether it's Deborah or Esther, or etc., etc. But Mary is the chosen one. She will conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the, why is she called the Virgin Mary? She, at this time, never had intimate relations with a man. And yet, she conceives by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Jesus is born. So, on the calendar, we, we had a, quite a number of weeks where we just celebrated the coming of the Lord Jesus, the supernaturalness of the whole event with the wise men riding from far away to come and worship the King of glory, the Lord Jesus himself, and the angels in glory talking to the shepherds all the wonderful promises of God. And now we get a time to, in the Apostles' Creed, even appreciate more that there is going to be, in the birthing of Jesus, there is, if I can say it that way, there is a divine inequality in that sense that Jesus is born by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he's uniquely, therefore, Jesus' birth is unique because an angel announced it. And this is what we call the incarnation. Uh, God becoming man. So Jesus, it's not the divine, I mean, sorry, the, the human becoming divine. It's the divine becoming hum human. So Jesus, he came, comes from heaven. He's the son of God. Even before his birth, he is fully 
supernatural. He's fully God. But as he's born, he's fully man. And he never, that is always the truth, always. Jesus, as we see him, worship him, he is fully God, fully man. And he has, he had divine nature. And as he's born, added to his, who he is, is he's human as he is divine. That's, so we worship him. He's the, there are people who, theologians in the past, that's why I appreciate the Apostles' Creed because these, over the many years, the Apostles added some of these basic truths that make you stronger and stronger in faith, that you are not without guidance. This is part of the truth, that you are loved in this incarnation coming when the eternal Son of God, the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, and he adds humanity to the deity, his Father and Son is revealed. We'll, in the days to come, more focus on the Holy Spirit. He's, so he is anointed of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. It's one person, but two natures. Uh, he's distinctly human and distinctly divine. So it's not any portion of the sinful human nature. He is the perfect humanity. And Jesus, can't be repeated now, Jesus is fully God and fully man. And the culmination is, the thing that I want to emphasize is that you are loved by God. And it's a personal relationship. So if someone asks you, do you have a personal relationship with God? Yes, you do. You have received Jesus Christ, who is totally supernatural. He's totally God and totally, divi div totally divine and totally human. So, and in, I think we looked at it, but let me look at this again. In Luke, verse We'll go over when, uh, in fact, this is where I was. But when she saw the angel, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid. And that was a very, anytime you have an encounter with angels, that's one of the first necessities the angel has. Don't be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? I do not know a man. See, that that's the Virgin Mary. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. 
Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. Who is that one? John the Baptist. And this is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. There are, in this section, there are one of the things that don't forget, ever forget, and it should guide, help guide your ministry. For with God, say, for with God, nothing is impossible. That word, it bears repeating. With God, nothing is impossible. So that's part of the guiding word for you as you, we are called, I, I mean, and this is more a personal comment. When there are times, and I've been called in often, and I, I, often the Lord will give a vision or something. And you look at the situation and it is impossible. And the doctors have said, this is impossible. But you represent, I mean, it's good for you. Thank God for doctors and what they do. But part of your theology is with God, nothing is impossible. So keep hope up. For me, I just believe a part of my calling is to pray for impossible things. For with God, nothing is impossible. Now, if God chooses to take that person home, it's not a curse. It's great celebration. They're going to be, I'm going to get to celebrate, be with Jesus, and see the apostles and the, all the angels. It's going to be fun. I look forward to stepping over to the other side. But until that time, for with God, nothing is impossible. And... Uh, as Mary conceived and accepted that Jesus had a supernatural nature, that he was divine as well as human. So she has a baby without any men, human male involved. It's the Holy Spirit. So something is being achieved. Something is resulting here that is on in natural, in a nature law, you could say some, this is impossible. But the angel has assured again, remember, with God, nothing is impossible. So this is part of that section where the Holy Spirit takes over and the Jesus is birthed. And that's why, and then he had, there were major prophetic words centuries ago about Jesus himself. And so, a virgin shall conceive and bear a child. And Isaiah is one of the scriptures that has several prophetic words saying, he is coming, he is the Messiah. And uh, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me. In the days when I looked on me to take away my reproach among 
the people. So they, they, they tell us on this month, John the Baptist was conceived. And on the sixth month, Mary is conceived. And in Isaiah 7, he says, his name, a virgin shall conceive. And among the things spoken is, he's God, Emmanuel. His name will be Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, it is confessed, again, in the Westminster Confession, for example. So the virgin birth is celebrated. And uh, so that's part of the truth of the Apostles' Creed, as the Lord wants us to know his birth was by a virgin, a virgin who had been prophesied hundreds of years ago, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a child, and his name shall be, you know, in, in Christmas you get this uh, Christmas card, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's Jesus. So I, it is such a privilege to have been received by the Lord that God assures you, you are loved, you are special, and heaven is your home, by the way, that Jesus has gone ahead. He has ascended on high, and he is, but when, by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit gets involved, even today. So that's, for me, that's, we confess the confession. I have to put a code in. I'm going to take it out because I have to go through that to go to the scripture. The last part of our Apostles' Creed. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the church universal, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. These are truths that have in previous centuries been attacked by different people who think they know better, but they'd have either difficulty believing the virgin birth. They would talk about, yeah, Mary was on the scenario, she got pregnant, but this is not supernatural. Or they will say miracles don't exist, or there were no apostles. I mean, different things. That's why the Apostles' Creed is very important for us, that we know it, we, we know that we know that we know these are truths, that I have a Father God, and He is Almighty God, and He's involved in this. It is He who sent Archangel Gabriel, who enunciates the annunciation, they call it, that He de de declared you, in a normal time frame, but you, you're going to conceive and have a child. And he is the savior of mankind. He's a Messiah. So this is, I, I love the various aspects of the Apostles' Creed and also share where Mary comes in. He's born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The, these previous observers then who put doubt, they would take entire measure, you know, some members of the 
community of God saying, no, well, people don't resurrect. So that part we have a problem with, this part. We believe in the whole truth. And Jesus is awesome. He is mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So this is Mary was involved, born of the Virgin Mary. And some people, doubters, which were well, not really. He, he wasn't, she wasn't a word. The God is here. The Lord in the Apostles' Creed say, God, the Father Almighty is involved in this. And he sends the angel. And that young girl, amazing. Some of the amazing things about her is that she believes. You had to believe. And she believed this whole thing that she was going to conceive. And so she would have suffering also because she would be persecuted because, nah, you are not a virgin, you're, something happened, etc., etc. That's all. I just want to mention that there were people who were doubters even in that day. That should not in any way define our faith. This is the Word of God tells us this and He has confirmed this with signs and wonders. We know that we know. He was crucified, dead and buried. And on the third day, he was resurrected. He is now resurrection savior. And so you should, among the things that it encourages you, never, never be afraid of death. That it's just a crossing over as far as I'm concerned. And there, the Lord is waiting to greet you, love on you. And eternally, we will be living in heaven in the midst of love and blessing. So this is part of the Apostles' Creed. It reveals to us the background of Jesus and that these are the things that are part of your... These are some of the strong, strong pillars of faith that you have in you. You have believed on high. This is part of the blessing that is awesome. Say, I am blessed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. So see, it defines he's not just an ordinary father. He's the father who has made heaven and earth. And then he shares in the third, second person the Godhead, Jesus Christ, his only son. And in the coming days we'll also of course share about the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead. And about how he's present He's there and watches on the third day. Jesus comes alive and it gives us all hope. It is, I'm so glad we shared a little bit in detail about the Apostles' Creed. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I believe in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I pray right now, Lord, for each and everyone here, Thank you for life. Thank you for faith. Thank you, Lord. Say, I believe in the Father God. I believe in His Son, Jesus Christ, who was crucified, dead and buried. On the third day, He was resurrected. and sits on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, and He is coming 
to judge the living and the dead. And I believe in the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I am forgiven all my sins. Jesus is my Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big clap. Thank you. Lord, you did it. You did it. I want us, we're going to sing. Uh, I want us to, people to receive. If you need someone to touch you, someone to anoint you. If you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need a healing for yourself, or for your husband, someone in your family. You can, in a moment, as we sing, I'm going to ask our prayer warriors, the one prayer captains, to come up and stand, help me pray for these wonderful saints. In Jesus' name. If you've got some time, practice the Apostles' Creed this week and enunciate some of the basic truths we have talked about. This is part of you. If someone ever asks you, what do you believe of God? You can say, let me tell you. I have a Father God who loves me. He's a Father Almighty. He's the creator of heaven and earth. And he also gave Jesus Christ. That you can start talking about these awesome basic truths of the Bible. Enunciated in the Apostles' Creed. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.